everybody, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of History's Greatest Idiots, the show where we travel back through all of human history and bring you stories of absolute menacing moronicism so that you can take lessons from their, uh, these people's mistakes and hopefully never repeat them again. But who are we kidding? We're humans. We like making mistakes. And I, I went with the alliter alliteration there. That, that was... That was a very last-minute decision. Stan Lee would have been proud. Uh, joining me as ever is my amazing co-host, Derek. Derek, how are you doing, my man? It's it's like, I mean, this won't go out until into the new year, but we're, like, rolling up on Christmas right now. Yeah, it's right around the corner. And yeah. I'm excited for it, I think. I Maybe. am, too. I think I'm mainly excited about not doing anything with people I like. You know, just, like, chilling out. That's and, uh, yeah. that's a way to be right there. Yeah, I think that's for me. Now that I'm in my 40s, the Christmas spirit is relaxing and talking to nice people. And and that's kind of it. Um, I'm not religious. So fuck your Saturnalia shit. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with uh, the non-Christmassy stuff. Uh, man must, uh, Toastoid here, man must suck being 12 months away for, from next Christmas. Yeah, man. Um, how far ahead of you? Uh, how far ahead of us are you? Are you like a week in the future or something, Toasty? Well, everybody listening to this that's not listening live is that's now right. 12 months away from next Christmas. So that's it, yeah. suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just connect with your family in a different way. God. Um, so, yeah. Um, before we get to it, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons. We, we talk about this quite a lot, but we have a new patron. As of right now, um, yeah, buddy, yeah, man. I want to big uh, give a big shout out to Dilly Bob, um, who's just recently followed us. Dilly, welcome to the faction. Oh, and Kimberly's with us as well. Hello, Kimberly. What? Thank you for being another patron, along with Andrew Zavara and Jesse Christ. And if you would like to join them in our wonderful community of patrons and get behind the scenes future random episodes and amazing content and holiday snippets and like uh gifts and scripts go to patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots and uh, you can choose from uh, three different tiers and you get a free gift with each one also um if you'd like to follow us on instagram go to at history's greatest idiots and if you'd like to follow us on twitter slash x you can go to at Greatest Idiots. We're also on YouTube at History's Greatest Idiots, where you can find most of our videos, uh, full and in 720p, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, that's where you'll find all of our content. Uh, it's really good to have you here with us. So, um, I, I guess, like the run up to Christmas, have you got everything you need, Derek, for Christmas? Um, we're going to finish that up to, to today, tomorrow. Nice. Today and so tomorrow. you're going out to do that. I've done all of my stuff online this year. We're doing it mostly online today and tomorrow. And then we've got one store in person that we've got to go nice. to. And we're actually finishing decorating the tree, which we went with like a Yule tide sort of tree oh. with like pine cones and cranberry lumps and stuff under whatever nice. they're called. I guess yeah. they're not lumps, but you know, <laughs> cranberry <laughs> corpustules or whatever you call it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bundles of cranberries. Don't know what they're doing on a pine tree, but they or probably uh, like mistletoes or something. But yeah, festive. You know, yeah. it looks it looks Christmassy. Uh, we got um, 
So I, because I think I've explained this before, I, I have a cleaner that comes in every week, uh, does the entire house, uh, yeah. because obviously I'm immunocompromised and I ain't doing that shit. I'm too fucking busy. And my, so is my wife. So we have a cleaner who comes in. She's wonderful. She, the dog loves her. And um, she made us this like uh, Christmas present thing. And it's like a whole like three dimensional Christmas light thing that's made out of paper and cardboard. And it's like projected in a series of layers, like the nativity scene and stuff. It's amazing. I'm like, wow. And uh, she's, she used a cricket maker to make it, which my wife has. So it's like, wow, we, we, we have the best staff. That is awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, I think that's the machine that my wife was telling me she wants. You can make all oh. kinds of stuff with those, right? Yeah, you can. Honestly, and like this is an endorsement because Cricket are not sponsoring us. But <laughs> like those machines are, are really expensive, but you can do so much with them. My wife makes like cards and like a bunch of other like random crafty stuff. Like they're amazing machines. And I keep buying her bits for it. And she's like, oh wow thank you so much this is like 16 quid isn't it i was like yeah it's so fucking expensive (laughs) but really really uh really good doing and like if you're into craft stuff like the cricket stuff really cool uh my mother still insists me and my uh me and both of my older siblings make christmas lists i just put a bunch of D D stuff on it nice toasty um no, you're you're being sponsored by Grasshopper. Am I being sponsored by Grasshopper? I don't I don't really get that. What's a Grasshopper? Uh, Is it a drink? Uh, I, maybe it's my hair. I don't know. Maybe it's because <laughs> I look like Doc Brown. I don't know. Uh, cricket crafts is an addiction. Yes. Kimberly, it really is. Um, okay, so now I don't know if I want to get one or not. It's an expensive habit, man. It's like worse than drinking. I swear to God. Um, so we're into season four now. And this is episode 76 overall. And we're going to kick this off with a bang. I've got someone really interesting and quite tragic, but also like there's still time. So, okay. you know, well, that's good. Uh, yeah. I think yours, the time may be up. So, oh, yeah. Derek, who, who is your idiot for season four, episode one? Well, I think we can all agree that on uh, the list of history's greatest idiots, that you can, you're going to find a lot of world leaders. Oh, because, yeah. I mean, Let's look at what they've done to the place, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy, not like a seriously bad leader, but he was sort of a dick. Okay. And his, his kid was kind of cool, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I'm not super familiar with um, the Netherlands, which Ooh. this is a Dutch king again. Oh, wow. So yeah. forgive me if I make any of you mad, but I know we have a lot of them, and I tried yes. to... Sweet talk them by doing uh, Van Gogh last time there. Yeah, possibly the greatest resident of the Netherlands in history in it's terms of achievements low. and notoriety. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought maybe I could get a higher score with this guy. Okay. And uh, shout out to anybody that's listening in Holland or Lindbergh or wherever they may be. So yeah. I know I was looking at the stats. Yeah, we, we know where you live. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apologies for bad pronunciation. Uh, in advance because there will be some and um oh i scrolled too far (laughs) anyway (laughs) so i want to tell you about uh willem the third king of the netherlands and grand duke of luxembourg from 1849 until his death in 1890 he was born willem alexander paul friedrich ludwig um, on the 19th of February, 1817 in Brussels. 
Right. Okay. He was the oldest son of the future king, Willem, William II of Netherlands, and his wife, Anna Pavlo, Pavlonova. Pa not, not Pavlova. Pavlonova. Okay. Pa the first option sounded delicious. Yeah. I, it's Pav. Pavlovna of Russia. Pavlovna. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Almost. Yes. <laughs> Almost delicious. Incident there. <laughs> uh, stealing jokes from Toastazoid. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Was that before the PM? Yeah, that's very funny. That's um, so stuff gets interesting right off the bat because mm. in 1827, at the wise old age of 10 years old, he becomes an honorary colonel in the Royal Netherlands Army. Honorary as in he's not really going to fight, right? They're not going to have a 10-year-old charging into battle. Right. right. I get I get that it's honorary, <laughs> but it's 10, and he's got a title. So, mm. yeah. It's, but, it's like an honorary degree um, or an honorary doctorate. There's there's a few people out there who have been stripped of that. Not mentioning any, not mentioning any Cosby's, but like, <laughs> you know, I I like honorary things, but I also think that if you're given like an honorary title of some description, you kind of have to do a little bit to earn it posthumously. So if you're given like an honorary doctorate, you know, pass on some of your knowledge to students. Um, if you're an honorary member of the army. Maybe do a little bit of work for the armed forces and their family, you know? What kind of honorary work as a colonel in the army can you do as a 10-year-old, you think? Fine uh, shoes. Yes, there you go. Or, like, shout from a distance. <laughs> Just, like, pretend to be a colonel. Wave uh, the flag and salute and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's fine. Honorary that's title, cool. Mr. Big Army Pants. That's, uh, well, yeah. There you go. Um, he gets another title right after that. He serves as a lieutenant in the Grenadiers Regiment in his teens from, uh, like, I think 13. And then in 1834, when he's 17, he becomes an honorary commander of the Grenadiers Regiment of the Kiev Number no. 5 of the Ooh. Imperial Russian Army. Nice. And yeah. it might be all of these commands that he's getting really early on that plays into some of his bad behavior later on, but I don't know, maybe... Maybe not. We'll figure it out. You can tell me what you think. I'll ask you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. But yeah, I don't think that kind of responsibility at that age is going to help shape someone well, really. No, I think he, no. it's not that he's it's not that he's spoiled because I mean, right? Like royal, I guess. <laughs> Which, from from what I was reading too, the the Dutch royal family is like the most down to earth chill yeah normal non-political like just like nice aristocrats <laughs> yeah which is super neat and they are descended still from from this gentleman here his daughter cool. and her daughter did some cool stuff but we'll get to that yeah also just <clears throat> a random thing as well um for a period in time uh the residents of the netherlands were the tallest people on earth and also the happiest and I think weed has something to do with at least one of those things. <laughs> it's the, the height, right? It's yeah, it's definitely the height. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no no influence on their mood or anything. But yeah, also like <laughs> I've known uh a, a few Dutch people, sorry, people from the Netherlands, and they are, they just they nothing bothers them, nothing phases them. They just 
laid back like most people from Northern Europe, um, except, you know, some countries like they're generally just like chilled out and open to stuff. It's nice to see, actually. So, yay, people of the Netherlands, we really like you. And thank you for being our third biggest consumer of the podcast. <laughs> More chill than yeah. Capybara is not quite that chill. Capybara is that's that's the little rodent it's a giant guy, right? rodent, the giant. biggest rodent on the planet, and they will literally like they have no fear and they're not aggressive and they'll just like chill out with anything on anyone and they'll just let anyone stroke them, wild or not. You know they're they're kind of amazing. I've wandered one. off like the dog from up squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> they literally uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the king on the yes. 18th of june 1839 willem uh took the plunge and married his first cousin oh so, of course he did yes yeah hey it's at the same time as vincent is marrying is. cousins and proposing to cousins and stuff so you know you don't not? have many options you know people don't leave their towns their villages so there's gonna be some cousins somewhere it's, it's just you gotta walk things. right you gotta walk there's no, there's not even like real steam powered shit at this point. So you've really got to like, you've got to have a really sturdy horse to have a good romantic, fulfilling life. But <laughs> if you don't have access to a sturdy horse, you're going to have to, there's going to be some cousins banging along the okay. way somewhere. I'm sorry. I'm clipping this part out <laughs> later. <laughs> controversial part of the episode. Oh, this is going to be a real. Uh, <clears throat> so. He marries his first cousin, Sophie. Um, the king, William I of um, Württemberg, and the Grand Duchess, Catherine Pavlovna's uh, Russia. Delicious. That was their daughter, which Rough. wasn't like weird at all because like we were talking about, everybody's marrying their cousins back then. So his wife, Sophie, was a liberal intellectual that hated war, and she hated instruments of war, like, you know, oh, the gosh. army. Okay. And Willem was a conservative that like super loved the army. I mean, because he's been like a colonel in the army since he was 10. Exactly. Like, it's all he knows. It's like Michael Jackson, you know, just like super famous from a young age. All he knows is insanity. So, yeah, <laughs> it tracks. He also despises intellectual learning at home and for women. Um, oh, wow. Another contributing factor to the misery of Willem, Willem's marriage is his propensity to poke about or, you know, have extramarital affairs. Oh, he's washing his winky in the kitchen sinkies. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, uh, it's less offensive. <laughs> his affairs were so numerous that, uh, and out in the open, that the New York Times once called him the greatest debauchee of the age. Ooh, nice. Which, which is cool, because I didn't know yeah. the New York Times was like, into what the royal families and stuff were doing in Europe back in the 1800s. I yeah. guess I just hadn't thought that much about newspapers in mm. the 1800s. Yeah, they, they had listicles back then, you know, top 10 most debauched royals <laughs> of Europe. Excess. <laughs> the BuzzFeed of the uh, 1900s. <laughs> yeah, you won't believe which cousin this royal is fucking. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. Oh, that should be a thing, though. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, on top of this, he's known to have several dozen illegitimate children. Yeah. But, you know, mm. enough about his home life. Let's talk about his leadership. So, okay. Right. Seriously. I am big Mr. Army Pants. I 
I can't, I can't hate there. the army. Get in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he picked a good one. You know, like yeah. they really had a lot in common, and everything was great. Hmm. Um. So anyway, as you might expect, um, I've lost my place again because <laughs> I set we, this we up scroll side to side instead of up and down. Oh no! Classic. And I don't mistake. know how to fix it. Yeah. Um, um, so he, uh, while we while while Derek finds this place, we will um, try and count down how many affairs he has before he catches a venereal disease. Um, you won't believe how many chromosomes the Dutch king has. Oh, well, yeah, that would be a good BuzzFeed article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so his father and mm. the Prime Minister John Rudolph Thorbeck were making some constitutional changes while he was king. Uh, that's William II in okay. 1848. Now, Will Willem III like, hated these changes because what they were doing was giving more power to the middle class and making the that. government ministers more responsible to the estates general and not to the king. Right. <laughs> it's empowering people. How dare he? Right. Well, he, he thought the changes were useless and the limitations of his royal power were bullshit because he wanted to <laughs> rule like his grandfather did. I want all of the toys. None for the working class. None for the middle class. All mine. Exactly. And he was like actually so pissed off that he thought about giving up his right to the throne to his brother Henry, but his mother mm. talked him out of it, so he became king anyway. Uh, she just and... stood there and went like this. Like, oh, <laughs> just eat the money. Fucker, think of the money. Money. The We've got loads of it and loads of dikes everywhere. Just money and dams. So just shut up and deal with it. <laughs> so his father passes away in 1849 and he becomes king. And his right. first act after his um, inauguration, coronation, coronation yeah. uh, is he inaugurates the parliamentary cabinet of the Thorbeck, which was okay. kind of a kick in the nuts because according to most of the sources that I can find, he really didn't like that dude because of his work with his dad in taking away the power from the king and giving it to the middle classes in the parliamentaries. Yeah. So... He thought about abdicating as soon as his oldest son turned 18. Oh, because okay. he was still throwing fits about not having power. <laughs> uh, but when his son turned 18 in 1858, he didn't feel comfortable giving it to him, so he stayed king. Right. I kind of like power now, son. Yeah. Sorry. But even though there's not, en not enough of it. Yeah, I want more power. No, I don't want to give the bit I have over to you just yet. So stick around for another 30, 40 years. Yeah, for sure. He's pulling up the anyway. fucking ladder, isn't he? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind back a little bit. He did, yeah. though, for sure, because his son, William Prince of Orange, never oh. did become king. <clears throat> right. Uh, anyway, in 1849, he announces his intention to, uh, in honor of his father's memory, look after the army's needs and interests. And okay. The thing is, is the parliament controlled the money and the the new constitutional changes um, kind of made it to where they controlled the the military and right. they cut the costs and reduced the number of soldiers. Okay. So he was looking over the needs and interests of like nothing. 
Okay. He, he was right. in charge. I'm, I'm in charge of this. And they were yeah. like, you're in charge of shit. Yeah, like five <laughs> guys on the border just like looking over like, oh, no, no, we're still all right. Okay, nobody wants this land. Fine. Yep. <laughs> so like they just kind of took the money away. So his, his army was like nothing. Uh, 1853, yeah. the Roman Catholic hierarchy of bishops is kind of restored and comes to power. So he starts gaining more conservative support. And that leads to Thorbeck's resignation. And in the first two decades of Will, Willem's uh, reign, he starts firing cabinet members and starts disbanding the state's generals a whole okay. bunch of times. Yeah, um, he's he's bided his time, hasn't he? And he's like, right now I can... Kind of a master politician, this guy, really. I mean, he's done and said stupid shit like trying to take power away from people that are disenfranchised, but he's patient. That's really interesting. He is, but they still kind of have a checks and balances on him because every right. time he installs a Royal cabinet, they rule briefly, but they don't have any support from the elected parliament. So okay. they get disbanded. But sure. in what became known as the Luxembourg coup of 1856, he unilaterally instituted a new reactionary constitution for Luxembourg. Right. which he ruled over personally, separate from the Netherlands crown. Okay. And I guess he also tried to sell the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg in 1867, and it almost caused a war between Prussia and France. Jesus but it, Christ. But it didn't, so it, it was good because it helped make Luxembourg a fully independent country instead. True. And uh, Luxembourg, really cool little place, and little is the optimal word here. It's like the size of new york city i think if that okay. yeah it's it's tiny but really interesting country um i think it's a tax haven so there might be more companies there than people but um yeah it's um a really cool country very similar to switzerland only without like kind of quite as much of the beauty but yeah it's this is a really cool place i'd love to go at some point i've learned a lot about it but yeah i can understand why he wanted to make his own little fiefdom in luxembourg and maybe sell it off for a profit because smart money making right there but it didn't work out no so there yes <laughs> let's mute um, luxembourg by toasterzoid no no Wait, leave do it they have alone. chocolate like the swiss is there luxembourg chocolate i don't know uh, there'll that. be chocolate for sure yeah don't huh. don't nuke the chocolate makers go after the french uh, sorry, no, carry on. No, leave the French alone as well. Leave everyone alone with weapons. Yes. Yeah. yes. Anyway, so um, he did some good things because he was popular with a lot of the ordinary people because he right. presented himself as a cordial man, which right. it wasn't actually the case. Okay. Which I'll tell you about in a little bit. Um, it was a prosperous time for the nation, which made him liked. Mm -hmm. The maritime trade was rejuvenated. The Good. government spending was reduced because they took away the money from him playing war. <laughs> they built some canals, hmm. and there was a concerted effort to extend the railroad system at the time. Well, it was probably due to the whole representative government thing, not so much due to Willem, but we can give him some credit, I suppose, right? Yeah. Also, more trains, less cousin Marion. You know, get those people out there. <laughs> it's facts there you go yeah <laughs> spread your wings stop marrying your cousins oh <laughs> darn anyway so <clears throat> i hadn't mentioned this yet hmm. but willem the third 
was an enormous man. He was huge, standing oh, really? six foot five uh, or 196 centimeters for people that uh, aren't American. Sure. He was a super large man and really, really strong. And the thing is, even though he pretended to be cordial in public and interacted and was the common man, he really sure. wasn't a nice guy. I'm not surprised. He wasn't gentle and kind. He would flip the switch sometimes and become like super intimidating and violent. Right. Yeah. It's starting to yeah. sound like George Washington a little bit. Like he could like like that. Kinda. A little yeah. bit, yeah. He'd he'd snap and he'd start kicking and smacking around the help. Like <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. He'd terrorize and humiliate uh his uh, courtiers, the people in his court. Right. He just yeah. You bring him out. You just want to show up, would you? Yeah. Like, Fuck court. I'm going home. I don't want to get punched. Come here. I got. <laughs> look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and just punk him and smack him around, and, and so oh, that God. was he was, and he was a dick to animals. You know how I like that. Oh, what fuck <laughs> this guy. Um. So, I guess it, from from Abraham Lincoln was a dick too. Uh, no, I think more about the size oh, thing. Yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln was tall. But also George Washington, as a comedian pointed out, was just like, talk about how America won the uh, the um, their freedom from Britain. It's basically because they had like a, a literal fucking giant hanging around in the woods, just like shooting English people. Like, oh God, it's George. <laughs> We're only five foot one at this point in history. And he's like six two. Just running around, <laughs> George Smash and stuff like just fucking crossing the Delaware like this river's frozen. I'm gonna fucking go across and kill everybody. Ah, <laughs> uh, giants. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean Lincoln could switch too. I mean, AC Doocy. Um, I, you know, I guess I don't know enough about. I don't know enough about the actual. I'm gonna have to look into more American presidents and see if they should yeah. be on this list. Because yeah. when in the first episode, when you did Andrew Jackson. Andrew no, Jackson. Andrew Jackson, yeah. 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 I I was like, man, you know, I hadn't thought about it that way. And I <laughs> I loved it. It was a it was a great episode. He was kind of a murderer. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's true. Lincoln could like he, he had a temper. And I think also he had a very tempestuous relationship. But um yeah, he uh he could flip on a dime. Um as Daniel Day Lewis showed us in that historic documentary, Lincoln. Uh, from a few years ago, but yeah, he he had a temper too. So that was the one where he he hunted vampires, right? That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. That was one, badass. That was no wonder it won so many Oscars. Anyway, uh, so King uh, Will Willem the Third, King of the Netherlands, is over here being a dick to animals, terrorizing his courtiers, and smacking around the help. And <laughs> uh, from what I could find in reading about him, most people would agree that he was to some degree insane. Oh yeah, well he's a royal family. That's a that's like a direct quote from three three different sources, so I had to include it. And yeah, yeah. Wikipedia was two of those sources, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, he was erratic. He mm. ordered the dismissal and sometimes the arrest and execution of people that he found lacked respect. Oh wow! Yeah, you got to lock them up. Yeah, including the mayor of the Hague at one point. Jesus. That's now he's sounding like another person that was president once. Yeah. Uh, luckily, most of those orders were disregarded because, like I said, most people degree <laughs> believed that he was to some degree insane. 
Okay, King, we'll get right on that. Can we ignore this giant psychopath, please? Thank you. Yeah, he, and he's going to find a woman to fuck in five minutes anyway, just to pretend it didn't happen. Yes, somebody just brings somebody over here to, for him to look at. Yeah, can we find a woman to distract <laughs> him for a while? Thanks. She doesn't have to do anything. She can run away, but as long as he stops thinking for a minute. You know, she's short because he's got some stride on. Anyway, oh, yeah. so um, he's being erratic and ordering yeah. people killed. And this is what I was getting back to with when when he was 10 years old and they gave him all that power. I think it yeah. might have gone to his head then mm -hmm. to to where he could just be like, OK, this guy doesn't have respect. We can have him killed. Yeah. And, and I think also he grew up in an environment where he's surrounded by military men who are very decisive and very action oriented. And, and that's not always the best thing for. A leader, you have to be diplomatic, you have to be statesmanlike, you have to think things through, you have to think long term. But if you're a man of action, get that shit done now. Oh God, there's dead people. Never mind. We'll look at that later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, forget about the numbers of dead. He also considered himself to be a specialist on all military matters because he'd been doing it forever. That's true. Yeah. And so that naturally led to him frequently trying to take command of maneuvers and creating chaos everywhere he went when they were in battle. So that's fun, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you want. Yeah. Someone power mat stepping in, causing chaos. That works. Um, it's like a war elephant. <laughs> like sick and loose. Just like let him run at the enemy. You'll do some damage. Ah. Uh, uh, 1877 comes around. He's done causing chaos because he's got to go home. Queen uh, Sophie has died, oh, much no. to her relief. <laughs> Poor woman. Uh, the same year, the same year, King Willem announces he's going to marry again. Okay. This time it's a French opera singer. He announces yeah, <laughs> he's um, going to marry Countess D'Ambrosia uh, without the government consent. Okay. Uh, Countess D'Ambrosia Amelia Ambry and okay. the society from uh, the society there was pressure from society and the government and then so he changed his plans and didn't marry her he okay. then spun this game show wheel to find out who he's going to marry next mm -hmm. and in 1878 he proposed to his niece oh no no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Toast sus as fuck quote is now coming to fruition many times over. Yep. Um, yeah. The caps. Nailed now. it. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. So 1878 comes along after the, he can't marry the countess. He decides he's going to propose to his niece, Princess Elizabeth Sybil of uh, Saxe-Weimar-Einsnack. Oh. Okay, then... that's, that's the... British royal family, German that, Meg. That didn't work though, because then he considers marriage to the Princess Pauline of Waldeck and Premont. Okay. okay. And then thought, no, no, that's not going to work. Maybe Princess Thura of Denmark. Okay. Yeah. Small. Yeah. Because she's got she's got her own private scandalous history going on, so she was a good choice. Perfect match. Something yeah. didn't work out. He finally decides, you know what? I'm going to marry Pauline's younger sister. Because, okay. you know, why not it's go super... with your cousin's niece's sister's? I don't know. Oh, Emma just... Waldeck. <laughs> uh, wait, 
Emma of Waldeck and Premont was 41 years his junior. Oh, what? Uh, hold on. How old is he? <laughs> is he like at least in his late 60s? Please? Well, let's see. He, he was born in... Was it 18, where, where was this? 1817 and this okay, is 1878 so yeah. okay so, still don't i mean look i'm trying to justify a terrible thing okay but i'm at least trying to think okay well look is he please god tell me he's not in his 50s like at least in his 60s oh, god but he, no, okay. he's yeah he's in his 60s because 17 to 78 would be he's yeah. at least 60 okay. either way he's old enough to be her grandfather oh yeah Oh, yeah. And he might actually be her grandfather, but, you know. Oh. <laughs> Just these oh. fucking royals. Honest to God, the pure bloodline thing, there's nothing pure about your bloodline if you're just doinking each other. It's it's all <laughs> a congealed mess in there now. It's just a bucket of garbage. You know? Oh, my gosh. Sorry. That just, that just doinking each other just killed me. <laughs> anyway, so... Emma, unlike the king, is kind and cordial. Good. And he was able to get permission from Parliament to marry her. Holy shit. They were like, just give him what he wants. He's going to fuck a family member at some point. So yep. just like let him. <laughs> it happens. On the 7th of January, 1879, Willem and Emma are married in Bad Errolson. Okay. Which is, I just had to include that because it's awesome bad errolson yeah. is the coolest thing that i'm saying in this story yeah man um Badass. now nobody says exactly why but emma had a relieving influence on uh willem oh he's finally calmed down shit yeah so wow. I, I don't know why but i guess this portion of his life and his reign was extremely happy good uh, According to most of the things that I was able to find, the last decade of his reign uh, post-marriage to Emma were the best of his reign. He Good. stopped interfering in most aspects of government and kind of just minded his own business and went off and, well, you know, bang this chick that's 41 years old, or 41 uh, years younger than him is what he was I wish doing. she was 41 years old. Is at least uh, that way it'd be closer in age, but she's clearly would, fucking not. That would make uh, him 82. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it that's would, like dick van dyke levels of crazy right there but uh yeah um yeah at least he's calmed down no more animals being kicked to death or whatever so right good in, <laughs> in 1880 their daughter uh wilhelmina was born of course, of course it's wilhelmina it's yes dutch people and this name <laughs> wilhelm and wilhelmina for fuck's sake Vincent. get another name holland what's wrong with you uh she became the presumptive heir in 1884 after the death of his last remaining son. Remember I said he didn't get it? Yeah, 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 exactly. So he was the last remaining son from his first marriage. So none of his kids from his first marriage survived long enough to make the throne. Sure. And Wilhelmina becomes the presumptive heir. In 1887, Willem becomes seriously ill and starts having trouble with his kidneys. Mm -hmm. And by 1889, he's got dementia and he starts becoming um kind of out of it okay the, the council of the state and then queen emma becomes regent mm, and okay. he dies at hetlu palace in 1890 and his daughter assumes the throne after her 18th birthday 
after her 18th birthday in 1898. Okay. So, she was still just a wee one. I mean, for as crazy a life as he had, 73 years old is not bad. You know, that's, yeah. that's not bad at all, actually. Especially it's, with a guy. Like, he is a, a literal giant, a medically class giant. He would have been the tallest person for like countries around at six foot five, you know? So, huge. yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not saying why the last years of his life were the best, but it could be because he was busy banging and Basically. spending time with his new kid, and raising yeah. her upright because she does go on to do good things and good. like helps, I think, helps to create the advanced sort of thinking society that the Netherlands really is today, her and her, her daughter, from what my understanding is. Oh, wow. That's really cool. It's it's so strange that out of such insanity and lack of reason and uh, violence and degradation comes this like enlightened follow on from that. That's that's really kind of interesting. Um, but man, yeah. What so, what do you make of this gentleman's? You know. What kind of score does he get? I mean, he didn't really kill anybody. I mean, all his kids yeah. died, but they, it wasn't really his fault. Yeah. He had a bunch of illegitimate kids all over the place. Yeah, Whatever an illegitimate but... kid is, really. I mean, that's not fair to call anybody illegitimate, I don't think. It's just James bonding it throughout the whole of the Netherlands, just like banging random wing women. Damn the consequences. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really hard because he kind of loses idiot points because he led like his inability to be a, a good leader kind of laid the way for a much better ruler immediately after him in his daughter so that's kind of interesting um he is probably a cartoon of what <laughs> most people imagine uh royals to be he's giant he's uh, arrogant, he's angry, he's quick to temper, he's probably a psychopath because he's beating animals and just like, do he's just Robert Baratheoning this entire reign, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not really being an effective ruler. He's won his claim and he's just like banging his way through the country and just, yeah, it feels like a wasted opportunity. I always feel that, you know, royalty get away with a lot. You know, they get away with being really ineffectual, especially around this age when actually they're carried by the, the machinery of the state, really. So, you know, this is the, the death knell for um, kind of monarchy ruling Europe. You know, we're, we're entering an age of capitalism and, and communism and, you know, all that, the other various elements that go into that. So... Um, it's interesting that he's like one of the last figureheads of ineptitude in, in royal rule in Europe. But yeah, he's like, I think he's like a solid 84. That's um, good. Yeah, purely because like he sounds cruel. And I'll always give people who are needlessly cruel more points. But yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, to his yeah. wife for sure. Like, mm -hmm. that would just suck. And just yeah. to be stuck in that with just like an asshole that just doesn't care and is out there just doing whatever he wants. Exactly. And like he clearly is an asshole. And also Tostoy pointed out something in one of the comments earlier on. Kind of suspicious timing. 
that his wife dies and then within a year he's like i'll go with this one no i'll go with this one i'll go with this one i'll go with this one like did how did she die natural causes was she off or you know it's hard to know but i don't assume know he didn't kill her yeah i'm gonna go with the assumption that he didn't yeah, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt this time, even though he's clearly demonstrated that he doesn't deserve any benefit of the doubt, even how crazy the fucker is. But yeah, I think I just, cool. I just like that he went from regular his own age opera singer to his yeah. niece to a young princess to the youngest possible princess that he could find. It's just that was and, also and, his relative. And also like <laughs> the touch <laughs> the the parliament. Who have been so against everything he's suggested and proposed, and just like fucking whatever, just let him do it, all right? But yeah, um, really, really not a nice guy. Definitely an eighty-four, but he he probably would have been higher had his daughter not gone on to be such an effective ruler. I think, yeah, good deal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, moving away from one kind of insane, and I, he probably was insane like ruler to someone who I would say in the early, very early days of social media was very much the first icon. Um, certainly in terms of their presence and the stuff they did, um, they helped grow a platform without really even realizing it and never really getting the credit <clears throat> that they deserved. And someone who has then struggled for relevance ever since and gone to increasingly insane like lengths to keep that fame alive um i, I want have so many guesses <laughs> i want to tell you right now the story of tila tequila yay <laughs> that was one of them i'm assuming um I've, I've titled this one tila tequila social media's first casualty because boy we'll get to that um I'm going to kick this off by apologizing to people from Vietnam and Singapore. I'm about to butcher a bunch of words. And uh, starting with her name, uh, Nguyen Thai Tien Than, I think. Were you Last friends time with her? you'll hear me. Sorry, what was that? Was she, was, were you, were, did you be friends with her on MySpace? I, of course I was. Okay. She was fit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She was hot. And I was young. And I was like, look at this hot woman. <laughs> I'm going to add her as a friend. She's my friend now. Hi, yeah. Taylor. Oh, friends. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, again, Nguyen, Nguyen, ugh, Nguyen Tai Tien Tan, better known by her stage name, Tila Tequila, was born on October the 24th, 1981, in Singapore, where her family were Vietnamese boat people who arrived from after the Vietnam War. Um, Nguyen has an older brother, Daniel, and an older sister, Terry. When she was one years old, one year old, the family relocated to a neighborhood in Houston, Texas. That's quite a leap from Singapore, you know? You know, um, it's funny because I had heard that that was where a lot of like uh, people from Vietnam and Cambodia around that time settled in and around Houston, Galveston, and in the Louisiana Gulf, Gulf of Mexico area. That's I learned that from uh, Sheldon on uh, Big Bang Theory. Really? That's, that's really interesting. And actually, it makes sense that they would have heard about, you know, obviously the opportunities that would have been available to them in like late 80s 
uh, America around Texas. So it's good that they were able to move to an expat community. However, um, neighborhood she moved the family relocated to a neighborhood in Houston, Texas, and were eventually admitted to a gated community run by a strict Buddhist temple. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, little worrying. Uh, the family left the community when the Guyan was eight. No information on that, but I'd imagine living in a community like that, very strict, very restrictive, late 80s America. That's got to be difficult for a girl, a young girl. Yeah, it could you know? be for sure. Nothing nothing huge on like anything that happened there. I mean, obviously, it's a Buddhist temple. Doesn't necessarily mean it was like an offshoot or a cult or anything, but you know, that's that's a religion that kind of disconnects from worldly pleasures and stuff so it know, is detachment for sure yeah yeah so that's like kind of being removed from the world during your formative years that's like that's a lot to catch up on um she uh, was nicknamed tila tequila by friends due to her apparent allergy to alcohol sadly that didn't last um in her memoir, she would later explain that she felt confused and lost by various personal, family, and environmental issues because she's been uprooted a lot in her early days. Plus, living in a Buddhist temple and then coming into the wider, you know, American world in the early '90s is a time of big change. You know, you got MTV oh, yeah. going on, youth revolution, grunge is starting to come through. There's a lot going on in America, and for an immigrant who's surrounded by an expat community but also this buddhist thing that's a lot so yeah it was there was a crazy time there in the 90s and in that area too that's that's all along the gulf coast and in houston and all that mm. area that's yeah mm. sorry that's, um, <laughs> no no it's 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 a really interesting time because i i went to america in like 1991 and i mean it was the height of the iraq war was it 91 gulf yep. war yeah. yeah january february of 91 yeah yeah and um man i was like there was so much patriotic fervor that even as like a 10 year old i was like wow this is this is a lot you know so shit <laughs> like we didn't i'm welsh we have welsh flags we have patriotism nothing like this like kind of kill saddam kill Iraq, kill, you know, like, I was like, oh my god, this is, like, really intense. So, that's that's what I remember of the early 90s in America. Um, in her memoir, she would explain that she was confused and lost. We've covered that. She turned to writing poetry in an attempt to release emotional uh, stresses. And while still 16, um, she experienced a drive-by shooting in Houston, Ooh. and shortly after that, ran away to Queens, New York. So... That's probably the wrong place to go if you're trying to avoid other drive-by shootings. I mean, I would, yeah, I would say Queens is probably not the best place to relocate, but I guess you got to go where's cheap. She could have uh, gone to Chicago, I guess. That would have been dumber. <laughs> yeah, Detroit. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, she um, she witnessed a drive-by shooting, ran away from home, and then went to New York. Um, she reports having become pregnant. And suffering a miscarriage in the following year. That's a lot to happen to a teenager in a year. Yeah, that is a you know, oof, shit. Man, that's some trauma right there. Yeah. Teela 
graduated from Alif Hastings High School in 2000. She was cited her uh, she has cited her violent adolescence in Texas as her reasons for becoming a model and moving to California immediately in 2001. Like as soon as she could, she got the fuck out of there. And I can't say I think she made a mistake. I think she needed to get away from that. So yeah, good for her. Yeah. Um, in March 2003. In an interview, she revealed that she'd taken some college classes but did not have a degree, stating, I didn't want to go to college for an actual degree because there's nothing out there I like uh, besides doing something that involves the entertainment industry. I'm already worried for her. Um, get a degree? Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm, yeah. I By use always- mine all the time. <laughs> I eventually used mine. Uh, by all means, chase your dreams. That's fine. Always have like a backup plan and something that is executable. Um, I have like plans C's and D's for just about every situation I'm in. Like that's how crazy I plan everything. But yeah, I think if you're going to go and like, I'm going to be a star, like at least have like a trade to fall back on or something, you know, so. Or enjoy bartending and yeah. serving. Exactly. Because, yeah, you'll Because if you enjoy that, then just, you know, Apply your craft and and enjoy your side hustle. Absolutely. Um, The Guyans' (laughs) career began at the age of 19 when she was discovered at the Sharpstown Mall by a Playboy Scout. This sounds really fucking dodgy. And was offered a chance to model nude for the magazine. I'm a scout for Playboy. Would you like to pose nude for me? It's like... At the the mall? mall. (laughs) At the mall. Can I see your card? This feels like a Goldberg's episode. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) <laughs> fucking holds out a piece of paper and there's like a crayon drawing of a bunny on it or something. It's 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 super fucking dodgy. She um she did a test shoot that eventually and uh, then eventually moved to Southern California and was featured in Playgirls Cybergirl of the Week on October the twenty second, two thousand two. And soon thereafter she became the first Asian Cybergirl of the month. So actually it was legit for once. Okay. You know, uh this is just to say that, that that never happens. If somebody approaches you in the street with a camera and says, hey, I'm a model scout and I can take pictures nude and you can move to California. Don't fucking go with them. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At the age of 20. Oh, sorry. A few few more pictorials pictorials for the magazine followed before her internet fame hit its stride. Yeah, being from Houston, Sharpstown is not, what does this say, Kimberly? Sharpstown is not a mall I'd ever talk to anyone. Yeah. I think there's that, there's that mall in every, or there was for a period of time. There were like two malls, weren't there? There was the mall that you went to that was good, and then there was the one that you didn't really like. Let's not go to that one. Let's go. I'd say Arizona Mills is the one here. That's the stabby mall. That's the stabby mall. That's where everyone goes to fight. Yeah, um, we don't really have those because every mall we have is like just gigantic, like massive, massive malls. And they're usually quite high end, but we do have like out of town shopping centers, which like it's kind of similar, just open air and they're a bit stabby. So yeah, that's where we go to stab uh, at retail. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, at the age of 20, Tila Tequila acted on her interest in rock music and started looking for bands willing to let her join. She eventually assembled a band called Beyond Betty Jean, for which she was the singer and songwriter um, beyond Dig Betty. that name. It's a, it's a decent name, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. it's half decent. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind listening to that. It's better than Hole. 
oh, you know, yes. or something like yeah. that. Uh, Beyond Betty Jean eventually broke up, and Teela started working in recording studios to sharpen her vocal skills and wrote music. Later, she became the lead singer of a band called Jealousy. Not such a great name. Um, which released a few sing- uh, songs online before breaking up. In 2003, uh, Teela was a contestant on VH1's Surviving Nugent, a reality mm. TV show. <laughs> That's like basically anyone who goes in his house, right? Isn't it? <laughs> It's just a series of uh, Homeland Security agents, and that's the game show. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Reality TV show where participants performed compromising tasks and stunts for rock star Ted Nugent. And that fucker's on our radar. He's he's on his way. But I don't think VH1 should be facilitating what Ted Nugent basically does in his private life anyway and filming it. I guess at least you're there to stop him from doing crazy shit but he's he's yeah keep the young women away from him please um yeah <laughs> Nguyen gained further popularity through the import racing scene she was uh, she's been featured on the cover of import turner uh, tuna sorry magazine not not ted turner i got a new car <laughs> uh import tuna magazine at car shows such as hot import nights and in the video game series Street Racing Syndicate, never heard of it. I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard of that one either. This has. This has got to be the Fast and the Furious time when that's yeah. coming up too. When, yeah. they were, when they were boosting DVDs. We're <laughs> <laughs> stealing DVD. It's about the family, but also we're stealing DVD players. Like, what the fuck is this? This is a criminal mastermind thing, is it? Right? Okay. Become superheroes <laughs> like eight films later or whatever. Ridiculous. Um, uh, Nguyen, this is the big one. Nguyen joined MySpace in the fall of 2003 after getting booted off Friendster multiple times. Oh boy, <laughs> I don't, I never used Friendster, but I had no idea how you could get booted off there multiple times. But I mean, it's Friendster, so who gives a shit? Right? Um, <laughs> I know. I hadn't At heard of that until yeah. after it was already dead. I know. I think I heard of it kind of around the time I was never even moderately interested in it. I was interested in MySpace because at the time I was working in the the radio industry and like there was a bunch of different ways uh, you could kind of promote your show on there and like play clips and stuff. So it was quite useful for that, but I didn't give a shit about Friendster. I was finding all kinds of new music on MySpace. Like I found so many great, like undiscovered people on MySpace that ended up being things. It was, I loved it. Yeah, and actually, I think I remember um, I spent a lot of time on NoFX's um, MySpace page. I feel like they put up really good stuff on there. Um, Nightman Productions, uh, hello, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, so, yeah, so she joins MySpace after getting kicked off Friendster. Time Magazine in 2006 profile Teela Tequila noted her impact on the platform, stating, pre-Teela, your MySpace friends were mostly people you actually knew, post-Teela. The biggest game on the site became who has the most famous friends, uh, period. Whoever that might be. Uh, she, they also called her the queen of the site. It's true. Mm-hmm. She was huge on there, and it led to a lot of exposure for her. She was legitimately the first social media star. Yeah. Know? I'd so. say two people you always had on your friends list on MySpace were Tom and Tom. Tila Tequila. Yeah. And even like people who people who had no sexual interest in her were just sort of following her because everyone was following her 
yeah. it's kind of really interesting study into like that kind of that collective you know fan base thing and you know i followed her because i fancied her i thought she was gorgeous but like there were a whole bunch of people who were like oh this is a famous person i'll follow them and oh i'm getting direct access to their thoughts that's really cool this is a new thing and now it's like fuck me i wish they'd all just shut up uh, <laughs> for real <laughs> for real Kanye west like, ah! we'll get to him in a bit um so during the first season of fuse tv's dance show pants off dance off oh oh yeah you remember that this? Show. I don't. Oh, you don't remember this? No. Gosh, if only they didn't have it blurred. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know that. I'll watch, con- watch a group of contestants strip to music videos. Naguyan was the most frequent host in the early to mid noughts. Some mm-hmm, fucking mm-hmm. awful TV. Like, oh yeah. How did we ever <laughs> commission that? Get away with that? That how? Oh, Anyway, um, in April 2006, during the taping of an interview with MTV's Total Request Live VJs, Will I Am announced that Nguyen had signed to his Will I Am Music Group, a record label under AM Records. I'm sure Will I Am saw this, you know, gorgeous, super popular young woman and actually didn't care about any of that and just saw the, the incredible singing potential. It was nothing to do with like a quick scheme to make money off someone who was internet famous. Oh, you yeah, know? no, it was all about her talent and and like the camber in her voice, and yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. The, the longevity is just built into her act, you know. She's mm-hmm. going to be relevant for decades. Uh, despite the major label signing, the Guyan independently released, this is a weird thing, independently released her first single i love you uh through <laughs> itunes <laughs> on oh. february the 27th uh 2007 justifying the independent release through her desire to become famous by herself that's you've you're signed to a label take the fucking help you know she's already famous by herself uh, yeah just take the promo like they're yeah. throwing money at you just fucking accept it um she also shot a music video for the song. In March 2007, Washington-based record label The Saturday Team released an EP called Sex by yep. Tila Tequila. <laughs> Thought-provoking title, so many layers. Um, <laughs> on the 27th <laughs> of July uh, 2007, Italian webs- uh, music website Music Blob, great name, no notes. Uh, good, yeah, Good stuff. Yeah, Music Blob reported that the Saturday team and distributor Icon Music Entertainment Services sued Tila Tequila over breaching her contract related to the album. However, um, Tila Tequila claimed in a MySpace bulletin that the EP was not authorized for release by her and was removed for, from most retailers. The Saturday team won a legal claim. Sorry, I have to get through this sentence and I don't know how I'm going to do it because it's crazy. The Saturday team... <laughs> The Saturday team won a legal case making sex available for digital purchase. I just, I never thought I'd say that sentence in my life. <laughs> but, but in 2007, um, sex was available for digital purchase. The album, not oh. the physical act of intense lovemaking. Okay, I was going to say, I was totally unaware of that. I couldn't find it on the App Store any, anywhere. I know. Just search for that, and you're like, oh, I'm willing to pay for this sex. Can you please let me download this sex? And like, no, no, it's uh, it was leaked accidentally. You can't have the sex anymore. Um, How much sex did you get for a dollar? 
probably not a lot like one just one three, minute, three minutes worth of sex <laughs> <laughs> instead of a full 45 minute uh, version <laughs> the sex got leaked actually that's that's interesting timing we'll get to the leaked stuff in a bit um on the 4th of march 2007 we're terrible um she made a cameo appearance on the uh show the war at home hmm. oh What's with that? uh, M- uh michael um gosh i can't remember his name he's the new york guy he was uh phoebe's boyfriend the cop oh yeah mike oh yeah i know who you mean he yeah does, like, he was live streams and shit like, yeah he it was his show it was his okay. sitcom it was pretty decent all right okay this is around that time when they were they were still churning those out i yeah. guess you know yeah. kind of king of queens was still around everybody yeah, loved he, raymond he was, was still a, around was a father wife daughter next door neighbor best friend situation sitcom yeah. it's paint by numbers yeah. Really, but you know everyone got a mortgage payment out of it so you know mm-hmm. good for them um <laughs> she also appeared as a hooters girl in the 2007 film and i'll pronounce you chuck and larry um yep. which i remember. remember that yeah i remember <laughs> yeah i remember that was um roundly mocked but it wasn't the worst film that adam sandler's ever made but then again he's made so much shit the it was never gonna be that but it was it was okay um yeah, she's, she's doing lots of minor roles and reality TV at this point in time. That meant either you were going to become, you were going to experience a huge breakthrough. Um, who was it that did um, Attack of the Show? Uh, oh, God. She's like an actress now, like a series. She was in the X Men films, or one of them. Um, and she was in the, 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 the newsroom. Um, oh, man. oh man yeah anyway she's like super famous now and she had a huge breakthrough and a bunch of other people jenny mccarthy went on to be quite successful after mtv so yes you know well, she did okay okay I, we might yeah. cover her <laughs> yes we might cover yeah. her eventually um but you know if you do like minor roles a lot of reality tv mtv vj stuff you're kind of either going to have a, a decent breakthrough olivia munn that was that yes was the there you go of, olivia munn um you're either going to have a big breakthrough or you're going to have a, like a massive fall so um Let's see what happens with Tila Tequila, shall we? Um, in May 2007, Tila Tequila began filming a reality show that would become infamous across the internet, for which was first aired on MTV October the 9th, 2007, uh, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Um, the program was a bisexual-themed dating show where 16 straight men... <laughs> Sorry, I just the concept and the way it's phrased. And 16 lesbians competed for Tila Tequila's affections. The twist being that the contestants were not aware of her bisexuality until the end of the first episode. The problem with this is that this is the twist, right? This is the thing that you're using as the emphasis behind the show. So once the twist is done after the first episode, it's all about the gratuitous making out in hot tubs with random people, basically. Mm -hmm. That's the show. And like, I, I understand there's a dating element to it, but if you look at like there's a bunch of shows on Netflix now and my wife loves them where it's like couples like break up and they meet someone love at first date, love at first sight or something or marriage at first sight. So okay. 
they get to know someone and they're talking to them behind a screen for like a week and then they meet in person and they try living together and then maybe they get married maybe they go back to their old partner it's it's a thing i feel like that is a progression of what we're of the tequila tequila thing here because that was very much all about sex and instant gratification and you know things like the bachelor and love at first sight or whatever it is and you know that has kind of evolved a little bit but this was all like there's no hiding this there's nothing to it other than just gratuitous basically Hmm. titillation the only the only way it would have made it more is if they would have put it on playboy tv and everybody was bisexual basically yes like <laughs> that's kind of like it's centered around this one person i understand she's a big internet star but like at this point even in like 2007 it's starting to wane a little bit like myspace isn't a thing anymore in 2007 it's all about the facebook yeah and you know she's trying to transition into this thing but like it's all centered around her but that gets old really quickly you know and yeah and i can see now like my hindsight being 2020 seeing the whole shot at love with her yeah. and what it is about and the way it is, how like the slip and grasp and what happens. Yeah. It's, it's, it's her big shot. And it doesn't work because people slam it. People slam reality TV shows all the time, but this one in particular got, a lot of negative negative attention. We'll talk about that now. The show, um, sorry, I've missed like a huge chunk here. Um, the 10 episode series was produced by Sally Ann Salsano and MTV. The show led to a heated online debate between the Guyan and conservative Christians after an article appeared in the Christian Post on September the 13th, 2007. Um, after seeing the article, Tila Tequila wrote an impassioned response in her blog on September 28th, 2007, criticizing churches for bashing the gay community while thanking God for saving her life. I mean, good for her, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. she's she believes in God. That's fine. That's her thing. But she's right. Religions have been bashing the gay community and actually making their lives virtually impossible or as, as difficult as possible for hundreds of years. So well done. Yep. Good for standing up for the right thing. Let's see if she sticks to that train of thought. Um, the show premiered for a second season, a second shot at love, uh, I guess, um, in April 2008 and became a popular gossip subject amongst the Asian media, such as Asian Week. The season finale premiered uh, July 8th, 2008, the winner being Kirsty Morgan, who declined her shot at love. She made the right choice. Yeah, she asked for a shot of penicillin instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll have some antibiotics, please. Thank you. Uh, is it is it resistant? No, good. Okay, that's that's perfect for me. Um, on October the 9th, two thousand and seven, the Guyan released her second official single, "Stripper Friends," a video premiered via Yahoo Music on February the twenty sixth, two thousand and eight, and was released um, on iTunes on March fourth, two thousand and eight. The single failed to chart. Because of course oh. it did. Like, who's buying that shit anymore? It's because it didn't have a video with it. Yeah. Stripper Friends, you make a music video for that, you chart that, you're making all the money. Um, in April 2008, the single Paralyzed, it's quite a tonal shift there. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a fucking Radiohead song. And its accompanying music video were released via Yahoo Music and iTunes. And I Love You Remixes EP was released on digital music retailers. On April 7th, 2009, neither did 
anything. Well, because she put the music video on Paralyzed and not Stripper Friends. What the hell was she thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? You know how SEO works. People are searching for that through Google at this point. <laughs> get on, get on there. Get ahead of the porn sites. Um, on on December the second, two thousand and eight, the Guardian released a self help book, hooking up with Tila Tequila, a guide to love, fame, happiness, success, being the life of the party. Um, okay. The first editions now sell for tens of thousands of dollars in high end auctions across the world. I'm lying. Okay. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a true thing. <laughs> Imagine Christie's. And here we have a an unblemished copy of Hooking Up with Tila Tequila. Should we start the bidding at $300,000? Uh, oh, no, geez. that's not a thing. Uh, by 2010, Tequila, we're just referring to her by a second name now, uh, decided to reinvent her image and changed her stage name to Miss Tila don't do that. Like, fucking Diddy did it and it didn't work. Her first single released under the new moniker was I Fucked the DJ. Woo! <laughs> that one had a video, right? I, I don't think so. That's a very specific video as well. <laughs> Along with an edited version, Save the TV, called I Love My DJ. Very different tone. There. Yeah, I, can, I, can, I Fucked I the DJ. I actually quite like this person. Like, those two different things. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of them got the video hopefully it was the first one uh <clears throat> released under her newly established label little miss trendsetter what a terrible name the single received negative reviews and failed to be successful in the charts i'm shocked by that yeah. revelation i'm sure everyone is <laughs> what were you gonna say no i'm i'm shocked as well yeah i can't and believe it she put so much work into that name um also surely someone's downloading i fuck the dj surely someone is like oh, that's, i've got to download that that's so fucking stupid surely there's enough of those people to get it charting at least in the top 200 right especially when you think of rebecca black and friday oh, and yeah, the that's... the plays that that got i know and, how and bad actually... you have to feel <laughs> <laughs> how bad you have to be that friday is a more successful single actually she's turned into a decent artist now can't believe I'm saying this. She put in the effort and she had rich parents. So she's doing okay now. God bless her. Um, in May. Sorry, then. So, sorry, Rebecca Black, but you know, you were shit for a while. Um, in May, she launched her gossip blog, MissTeelerOMG.com, and the EP Welcome to the Dark Side. That, again, like, that sounds like a Judas Priest album. What the fuck? Yeah, like, I'm the so name confused. Is. What style got, of music is I fuck the DJ. I really like you. I'm going to kill your puppy. It's like it's such a shift <laughs> with this woman, you know? Oh, um, man. And, and this is where it gets even weirder. Uh, marked a musical departure from her previous material in that it actually had music this time. Influenced by classical music and artists such as Nina Simone and Billie Holiday. How do you marry okay. Nina Simone and classic? I mean, she was classically trained. Welcome to the Dark Side released more uh, received more positive reviews as in like it got one so therefore more um however it, yeah <laughs> it did not manage to gain any commercial success she's just like throwing any old shit at the wall now yeah no. what does she throw next <laughs> well let's let's get to, <laughs> we'll get to the racial slurs okay. in a minute but uh oh. Yeah, mm. Tequila began a tour supporting the new EP, and at one of her tour stops in August 2010, she appeared. What were you thinking at the gathering of the Juggalos? <gasps> yeah. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. What? That's awesome. F- I mean, insane. 
Yeah. Mm. It, who made that decision for her? Yeah. Somebody she should is, fire that manager. Yeah. That's, it'll be fun. It's okay. The juggalos are lovely. You know, they'll shake your hand. They'll maybe like buy you some food. Maybe they'll throw some food at you. No. Did she, um, did she paint? Did she wear paint? Please tell me she wore paint. No. Aww. No, could you imagine? She just went up. She's like, oh, it's just another gig. Oh, my God. What the fuck is this crowd? <laughs> um, a music festival founded by hip hop duo, the Insane Clown Posse. I'm sure the collective that the FBI considered an organized criminal gang welcomed her with open arms. Um, she was repeatedly pelted with rocks. Not This isn't like normal punk gigs where you might get the occasional lit cigarette. Fucking rocks and bottles, among other objects. Piss bombs were thrown at her if you don't it's know like what a piss jail. bomb is yeah that's horrible a piss bomb is a bag or a, a plastic container filled with piss it's yeah it's exactly as horrible as it sounds and also all of that like lemonade and orange soda <laughs> shit that they drink yeah that that's yeah. the cherry aid or whatever it is oh man fago Vago, yeah, they they like threw all that shit at her. Uh, she, not knowing where she was, she was terrified and vowed to take legal action against the organizers and the promoters for the event. Do your research. What the <laughs> fuck were you thinking? Yeah, that one's it's on the insane you, man. clown posse. They aren't <laughs> nice people. What is wrong uh... with you? Yeah. Anyway, it gets worse from here. During this time, a sex tape featuring oh, a lesbian. There it is. Threesome. There it is. It was coming. <laughs> that's what she said uh, a sex tape <laughs> featuring a lesbian threesome in which she performed was leaked tequila tried to buy back the tape uh, from vivid entertainment but they they weren't they weren't having it they were like we want millions of dollars so they cut her in and she later starred in a sex tape of her own that won a 2015 avn award for best celebrity sex tape i hope she made money off those because I have to think she did. I'm sure she did. Like even at, in 2010 or 11 or whenever this is, or 2015, <laughs> I should say, uh, she's still got enough name value for people to be interested in that. But also, like, someone sold Vivid the sex tape that wasn't theirs, and she tried to get it back off them, and they were like, "We'll sell it to you for this money, but we're releasing it." It's like, don't do that shit. That's horrible. So I hope she made money off that. Yeah, they yeah. had to have cut her in on likeness. Like, they oh had yeah, to have, like, like if they hadn't, she'd have sued the shit out of them, and they'd have been out of business. But that's not a nice position for anyone to be in, really. No, um, yeah, no. it always has to be consensual, and you have to make tons of money on adult content. Damn it! Absolutely, yeah. Sex workers of the world unite. You know, make make you money while you can, because man, you have to put up with so much horribleness. Um, on March seventh, two thousand twelve, it was reported that Tila Tequila had uh, agreed to check into rehab after having uh, reportedly almost died from an attempted suicide by overdosing on pills. The incident caused her to be hospitalized for a brain aneurysm. That's a really oh serious God. overdose. Yeah, I that's guess bad. I had not been following at the time. I didn't hear mm. about this. Yeah, well, it's 2012, you know, and she's kind of out of the limelight and unfortunately, like, negative headlines are starting to pop up about her and you know, this is one of the latest ones. Uh, she completed her rehab treatment on April the 5th, 2012. That doesn't sound like enough time for me. One month. No. No. You need like a good six months to a year, really, yeah. in rehab for that kind of... Like, if you've had a, an overdose so bad that you've had a brain aneurysm, you need to spend a good year recovering from that shit, at least. I would um, think, yeah. Well, we should, yeah. Yeah, take a month off. That's like kicking weed 
I know. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, in December 2013, Nguyen posted it, it, it starting, posted an article on her website titled Why I Sympathize with Hitler, Part 1. Um, just just dove Shit. right in to the <laughs> evil anti-Semitic deep end there. None of this, like, David Icke, like, dancing around the issue for 40 years using like coded words and stuff she's just like no i quite like hitler i'm just going straight in uh yeah so she also posted a pro hitler and anti-semitic series of comments on her facebook page as well as photos of herself as a scantily clad nazi posing in front of a photo of the auschwitz concentration concentration camp i'm so confused just completely off like where did that come from the brain aneurysm i mean i hope so but like that's such a turn uh these actions angered her facebook followers shocker and resulted in facebook closing her account and removing the material in question good in august 2015 tequila became a contestant on the 16th series of the British television reality show Celebrity Big Brother, but was asked to leave on its second day when the producers became aware of her comments and photos. The people who work at Endemol and on Big Brother are notorious for not doing decent background checks. Like, five minutes on the internet, they'd have found that shit. Yeah. They didn't even do that. They They didn't know she had the whole Nazi shit before. They were like, yeah, why don't you come on the show? They were just mesmerized by the tits, right? They just saw her. They were like, oh, she was famous. She's really hot. We'll bring her on. What's this about Hitler? Okay, let's get her out. Yeah, let's get her out. Um, also, she's she's like just like she's come out of rehab. I don't think going in the Big Brother house under all that, where you're constantly being filmed. I don't think that's a healthy environment for anyone. Um, no. She subsequently apologized for her earlier comments, but we haven't even had why I like Hitler part two yet. So how could she apologize for him? There's a part um, two. There's well, she said there was a part one, so I'm assuming there's a sequel. Um, she subsequently apologized for her earlier comments, blaming them on depression and drug addiction. Plenty of people have suffered from depression and do suffer from depression, and plenty of people have addiction issues. They don't immediately turn on Jewish people and start loving Hitler. It just it's not always the case. That's that's all you. Yeah, really. I've 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 yeah. I've dealt with mine. My too. And never, never have I been like, you know, who's a good guy. <laughs> never thought, you know, who's to actually blame for this slash all of the wars. Like, you never go that far. Like, that's a crazy line of thinking. But yeah, like her, hmm. Kanye West, um, a few other people, just Mel Gibson. Just I like, wonder if Kanye had a brain aneurysm. I mean, I know we know he's had like. He's actually been diagnosed with mental health stuff. I I don't know. I also don't know like if he's been big into drugs. I mean, I'm assuming there's stuff in there, but you know, stuff changes your behavior. But I've known plenty of people who have been alcoholics, drug addicts, done some really hard, intense stuff. They don't immediately become anti-Semites. You know, I mean, I I gotta think that maybe she's just grasping at straws to get attention. She just wants it. it back. I know, and like somebody must have said to her, it's 2015, it's 2016, you know, you can kayfabe, you can pretend to be hateful and that, that'll get your attention. Like, oh, I'll do this. Wait a minute, why does everybody hate me now? Oh, that's right, because I said things about Hitler. Um, but it doesn't end there. On May the 6th, 2016, uh, she tweeted that Jewish-American political commentator Ben Shapiro should be 
um, I'm not going to say that word, um, executed in the way people were in Auschwitz <gasps> and sent back to Israel and later posted that there are only two things in this world for which I would gladly sacrifice my own life. The destruction of... Ben Shapiro. No, well... Oh. <laughs> the destruction of all Jews oh, and no. the preservation of the white race. But you are mixed race. Yeah, wait. I don't think they'd have liked you very much. I'm, I'm sorry. so confused. I know. And also she Did said... She get hacked? No. This is all her. Um, bad attention is still attention. Oh, Kimberly. Mm. Sadly, that's people's way of thinking. Um, and she also said, you know what will help Asians earn respect? An Asian version of adult, uh, Adolf, Adolf Hitler? I want that person to be me. I want to save the world from the Zionist disease. She wants to be the Asian Adolf Hitler. She said this shit. Um, I mean, it doesn't get more clear cut than that. Also, like, listen, Ben Shapiro is a piece of shit. Like, there's yeah. no two ways about it. He's a terrible human being. But nobody should have to deal with that kind of abuse. Like, it's horrible. You know, like dislike Ben Shapiro all you like. There are plenty of reasons to not like him. He is a really awful person for the most part. But don't go around saying shit like that. That's no good for anyone, including yourself. It's, yeah. It's I such a nosedive. No, yeah. No matter how much I hate anybody, and hate's a strong word, yeah, like wanting death and especially yeah. horrible shit like that. Yeah, and, and the the way she described how he should die, like it's it's really specific to the experience people from his religion went through in the Second World War. It's just completely uncalled for, and she's just completely off off the reservation at this point. She's lost her mind. Um, <clears throat> in June 2016, more Tila Tequila accused Sarah Silverman. Oh and God! The and, and the Jews, and the Jews of killing Jesus before saying the comedian was next on um, a celebrity sacrifice list. What in the fuck? I know who has. I mean, <clears throat> apart from Charles Manson, who has that? That's not a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Well, that one hey, guy from that Adam Sandler movie had a sacrifice yes. list, but they weren't celebrities. They were just bullies from high school. Exactly. Yeah, and that's an okay list to have. No, I'm joking. <laughs> don't have a list like that. Um, historically, <clears throat> this thing about the Jews killed Jesus is is completely inaccurate and ignores massive nuances at the time and the political situation in that story and all of that just completely ignores all that and just blames Jewish people. Also, B to this, Sarah Silverman isn't that old. Yeah, she was how not old around is she? to kill Jesus. Maybe, Maybe 40. 40? She's younger than us, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and she looks great. She didn't kill Jesus. Jesus would have been mesmerized by her talents. So. Unless maybe she, no, no, because she hasn't been involved in any sort of like uh, hit and run situations in like no, East LA. No, or anything, she hasn't. Right? No, she, she's recently supported, I don't know if supported Israel's the right word, but she's voiced her support for Jewish people. And I think she kind of got in a bit of backlash for that, but she's mostly fine. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. So why would you say that she killed Jesus? She's forty, not two thousand and forty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyway, on November um, 
wait, have I missed a bit? No. Um, there's more awfulness. On November the 19th, 2016, she attended an alt-right National Policy Institute meeting. We're going to get our policies together. So let's start with uh, the first one. So we know what that's going to be about. Um, celebrating the election celebrating the election of Donald Trump, because, of course, it was. Um, okay. Organised by white supremacist Richard B. Spencer. Hey! Uh, yeah, we know that guy. And posted <laughs> photos on social media of herself doing a Nazi salute. Um, I mean, it's, it is just attention at this point, right? Um, this, this reminds me of that Chappelle show with the, with the Black Klansman yes. thing. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Such a great sketch. He doesn't, because he's blind, he doesn't know he's black. So he keeps going to all these clan meetings, saying all this racist stuff, and everyone's very confused when it's revealed he's he's black. And they're like, wait, hold on, what? Um, anyway, so... That's what's she, happening in my brain right now, though. I know. That's basically it. And she also posted on Twitter that oh, that picture with the text, Sieg Heil, and a raised hand. She actually did the fucking salute. It's a good thing she wasn't in Germany. She'd be in prison right now. Um, mm. On November the 22nd, 2016, her account, was, her account was suspended by Twitter. Consequently, she joined Gab? What the fuck is Gab? I, I don't know. I, I had to look up Gab. It's basically a Twitter overlay. From what okay. I can tell, it's just like the exact same look as Twitter. In, and also, I made a note here. Her last post on Gab, which I have no idea what it is is from january the 1st 2017 to her 2000 followers which means she now has less social media followers than either of us by the <laughs> way um, which reads happy new year everybody my resolution is to try something new like different ways of thinking and being it's all part of the new year and since i'm part of the galactic council now i'm gonna try all sorts of new things <laughs> okay okay uh Apparently, those new things were silence because that's the last thing she posted on there. No, she took off in a fucking spaceship. I know. Well, <laughs> that's why she's silent. She's fucking gone. She's she's in she's in the she's in the atmosphere. She's circling Earth. Um, also, her banner Im image on Gab is her in a Nazi uniform. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Also, her Twitter has been restored by guess who? Yeah. Elon. Of course. In March 2018, Tila Tequila uploaded a video to, uh, to YouTube saying that she was neither lesbian nor bisexual and that she only pretended to be in order to create ratings for a shot at love with Tila Tequila and had a boyfriend while filming the show. I bet he was thrilled about what was going on. Um, if true, that's sad, but it gets worse. Like that first part's like, I pretended to be, you know, gay for pay. Like that, that's. That's sad in itself. Like, if you were cajoled into that, then okay, that's horrible. But then she went on to say, additionally, she associates homosexuality with the devil and referred to former contestants of the show as degenerate and disgusting. So what does that make her? Um, for pretending to be a degenerate? It just, just going for every single possible angle of being an awful person at this point. But it gets funnier. Um, in 2018, she did come out in a different way. Tila uh -oh. Tequila expressed her belief that the Earth is not a sphere, but it's oh, flat. Good God! <laughs> I was kind of waiting for that. It's like, she's done the Nazi thing. She's done the hating gay people thing. What's next? Oh yeah, flat Earth. Um, and that's it for Tila Tequila, a woman who clearly, whatever mental health issues she had, decided to just 
go off the deep the deep end in awful behavior and here's the question is it because she had trauma in her youth and childhood and she had drug addiction issues and clearly had mental health issues and overdosed and you know is that the reason she's behaving the way she is now or is it just a desperate ploy for attention because she needs to get money somehow from anyone no matter how horrible they are that's gosh that's this this is the whole thing is i i can't decide if it's all just bullshit like if it's all just a a character if it's all just a con like this is just like nobody really knows her yeah. We all just know whatever character she's putting out there. She's Andy Kaufman. Kaufmaning. Yeah. That one. But Thank also, you. like, yeah, that's not how you have a long, long-term long successful career. Andy Kaufman was known as, oh, that's Andy being Andy. Like, Tequila Tequila presented herself in a certain way and then shifted and then shifted and then shifted and shifted and shifted. We never knew where the genuine core was. Whereas with Andy Kaufman, we were like, he likes to fuck with people. Whereas with Tequila, Tequila, we're like, has she lost her mind? Was she abused? Has she like had got drug addiction issues? Was there like trauma in her childhood? We just don't know. Is it fake? And that's the problem is that no one's ever going to get behind her outside of extremists because they don't know where the core is. Whereas with Mill Gibson, to a certain extent, you could be like, well, he's an alcoholic, but actually he's also anti-Semitic. So yeah, we just know I, that now. You know, I feel like. Oh man, it's it's an attention thing. I really feel like she just desperately needs because she had it. Yeah, she got it and she made money with it, and mm. then it went away. And then when that happened, I think she desperately is willing to do anything at all possible yeah. to get it back. And then also drug problems, and then the mental health issues that come with that. The not getting the attention, like it just spiraled there's there's a bunch of stuff i didn't cover partially because like i was i don't really know if i really want to cover that sean merriman um she was in a relationship with him and they got into a massive fight and he choked her and stuff in public and the police were called and she sued him and he sued her and she married a guy who abused her uh this is like later on if she said the hitler stuff and had two kids and that was an abusive relationship and it's just like She's now got two kids, and this is her world now, like, the the horrible shit she said. And I can't find anything beyond, like, 2020 involving her. Like She's just disappeared. I'm hoping that, that she didn't go all QAnon and, I mean, the flat earth thing. God. <laughs> you just saw it. You knew something stupid was coming. And her there... and Randy Quaid are hanging out somewhere, man, oh, just chilling. <laughs> That's a nightmare. Um, wow, it's it's so difficult. And, you know, for the most part, it's like, okay, she was a pioneer on the internet. She was a big star. She kind of paved the way for a lot of influencers who are now incredibly wealthy and doing really, really well for themselves, have diversified their earnings and created these characters that people buy into, that kids buy into. Tila Tequila was the first version of that. She didn't know what she was doing. It just sort of happened to her. And she couldn't replicate it in other ways that fulfilled her. So she just kind of disappeared. And the more she tried, 
to get that fame back, the less people were interested. See, the thing is, too, is I bet you now, if she were to just try to be authentic and be mm. a mom and raise her kids, yeah. uh, uh, like Mama Tila or something, yeah, that the would TikTok work. would probably blow the hell up. She could be uh, like who, that. Who's the gosh, the. There's a there's a an influencer, an attractive woman who's a mom that people are always mad at for something. Mm -hmm. But like she could she could capitalize and go that direction with it and, and go normal yeah. and not flat earth and Nazi, I think, and yeah. probably do okay. I, I feel like if she were to just and a lot of like contrition goes a long way in people's redemption arc. Like if you can come out and say, listen, I'm really sorry about this. It was in a really bad place. This was going on. It's no excuse. I shouldn't have done that stuff. It was terrible. And I'm working on myself and trying to get better. Here's what I've got going on now. I'm in a much healthier place. And here's the content I want to produce. I hope you enjoy it. I feel like I'd be on board with that completely. You know, be yeah. contrite. Ask for a second chance. Ask for a third, fourth, fifth chance. Society will somewhat give it to you. And if you try and like make good content you'll probably find that in time if you build up that reputation you'll probably be a success but i don't think she's at that place right now so i mean uh, the whole world's at a weird place and she just fell yeah. into the weirdest spot spot part of it and yeah. and that's it's it's like fall she fell into the the toxic waste she's gonna come out like the toxic avenger <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. anyway it is a hard one it is yeah. a super hard one because i don't even Kimberly. know uh, here, sorry, just sorry to interrupt. She she was never stable after running away from home. That's it. Like after witnessing that drive by, and probably all the other stuff that happened before that, maybe. Like she never really found, like you say, a foundation or a place to settle. And right. the fame hit, and then it was like game over, really. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway, please carry on. Gosh, I'm and because like I I have to I have to go lower because of. Mm the trauma and yeah. like that's a hard life to come yeah. and grow up in a, in a new place, totally mm -hmm. unfamiliar and then have that happen and then run away. And it, mm. I feel like you would be taken advantage of yeah. in that period of time. There was a lot yeah. of predators, girls gone wild sort of shit happening yeah. too. And for that, I think I've got to give her a lower score just because People suck, and they made her suck, I think. Yeah, she's definitely been molded by the world into what she became, I think, to a certain extent through situations, but yeah. So I think just she did, and well, I mean, she turned her back on the whole LGBTQ thing and yeah. was an ass, so that's all on her, unless she turns mm. it back around and supports just people being people. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I'm comfortable with like an 86 for okay. her. Yeah, I feel like because we've re we've addressed scores in the past, you know, when like maybe we thought they were too low or something's happened and we needed to put them up. I really hope that we're able to go back to Tila Tequila because she's she's literally our age, 1981. She's like six months younger than me, mm -hmm. you know, and. I feel like there's still a chance here that she can get her shit together and just like we can lower that score to maybe a fifty. <laughs> I, I I want to. 
you know what? If if we never hear any more Nazi shit again, and she comes yeah. back and doesn't and says, you know what, the Earth ain't flat. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's fifty. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, boom, straight away. <laughs> Deal, Taylor. We'll we'll get on to your people and uh, just just you know we'll we'll get a contract together. And just so you know, I do have some Jewish heritage, so please be nice. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a really willing, different... if she's willing to be a patron, I'll even send her one of those get out of idiot free cards, and she yeah. can have a zero. She start could probably refreshed. start using that. Like that shit will get you out of terrible situations, which she's <laughs> found herself in a number of times. Um, so yeah, Tila Tequila, um, eighty six, and um, King Wilhelm William. Wilhelm? Oh, did he wait? Did I score her higher than him? Because yeah, I want to change it then. Yeah. Change then 80. It. 80. That's fair. Yeah, she's nowhere near as bad as. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to change it again. Yeah. Go on. 78. 78. No, fair. no, no, no. Okay. 69. Nice. Ah, nice. Final final answer. Sorry. Final score. 69 for Tila Tequila. That's, that's, <laughs> we're, we're a classy Sorry. show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> and and um, King, I want to say William Wilhelm. Will, yeah, Wilhelmina. William, William the Third, Willem, Willem Defoe. I mean, Willem the Third of Netherlands. William the Third of the Netherlands. Um, I said eighty-four, didn't I? A solid eighty-four. I feel like those are appropriate scores, and I do hope that you know we get a little bit more positivity out of Tila Tequila. I actually think a prototype for this, and it is nowhere near as bad as Tila Tequila. But look at Lindsay Lohan has done a bit of work at like rebuilding her image. I mean, she's not like really acting anymore, but she's like, listen, I was completely out of control and I'm sorry for some of that shit. So like, you know, she's at least able to look back on that and go, you know, I learned a lot and I was difficult to work with and I was out of control. So a, a Lindsay Lohan-esque arc would be helpful for a start, but yeah, you've kind of got to open up and that's not something I think she yeah. ever really wants to do, but we'll see. Um, anyway, She's currently on the Britney path, though she is on the 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 mid Britney path, not the current doing okay for herself Britney path. Right? Um, yeah, it's, it's like a, the bad Britney path, not the right. alternate reality we got where Britney turned out okay after she was released from captivity, um, <laughs> basically because she was held against her will. Um, so yeah, Tila Tequila and King William the Third. Of the Netherlands, second, yes. third? Th third, third, yeah. Um, kind of lessons in like, I mean, we always go back to the childhood trauma, but you know, don't make people famous young, um, and don't give them too much power when they're young mm -hmm. because it fucks. With, I mean, giving anyone power fucks with them, but especially when they're young, when they do not have any maturity levels to cope with that. I can't think of anyone that's been given a huge amount of power when they're young and has just gone. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a fair and even ruler. You know, like you just never hear of that person, do you? It's like, no. yeah, I'm going to take this in stride. I'm not going to have any issues with drugs. I'll be fine. Um, you know, can't think like, of one. M Mara Wilson, the oh. little girl from, um, oh, she was in a bunch of stuff. She's an author now. She was a child actress, and she was in Matilda. Okay, and what um, is she in charge of though? Uh, oh, oh no, she's just she's just famous and dealt oh, with okay. it well. <laughs> I, I I can't think of any like childhood rulers who didn't end up going at least fifty percent Joffrey, you know. So okay, 
there's a lot there. Anyway, so thank you all so much. This has been a great first episode. We've actually had quite a lot of people join us live, which yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, that's been great. Thank you so much, um, Kimberly, um, Toastoid, and uh, yeah, uh, Nightman Productions. Thank you so much for joining us. That was really cool. Um, if you would like to join Kimberly and Dilly Bob and Andrew Zavara and Jesse Christ in being one of our uh, patrons and supporting us financially so we can make this uh, a, a really successful thing, we, we're getting there. We're slowly getting there. Um, please go to patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots where you can get access to exclusive behind the scenes unreleased uh, videos. Uh, we recorded one recently. It was so much fun. We need to do more of those. Yeah, we um, should do that again too. We we definitely should. We'll try and do them once a month if we can. And um, also presents uh, yearly and when you sign up and also uh, scripts and behind the scenes stuff from our lives and a bunch of interactive stuff as well. So again, that's patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots. You can follow us on Instagram at history's greatest idiots and on Twitter and X at greatest idiots. You can go to YouTube and watch the vast majority of our videos in the background while you're falling asleep, because that's what I do when I try and fall asleep, um, <laughs> at History's Greatest Idiots on YouTube. And we will be back. It'll be, I mean, this will be out in the new year, but it'll be like, we're having a break now. We're having a bit of a break for Christmas, and I'm looking forward to it. I've got a week's worth of intense work, and then I'm fucking turning my brain off. <laughs> my brain's so. been off, man. Yeah. It's December. Well, I feel like I'm not January have it. if you're listening to this. Yes, it's January. Like basically for most of end of December and early January, neither myself or Derek have put a lot of thought into anything. We've just been <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> but um we will speak to you all again soon. We look forward to um seeing more of you and interacting with you. And until then, Derek, would you like to say goodbye, please? Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you all again very soon. Take care now. Bye. <laughs>